The book of Amos chapter 3, let's start from verse 1. I just want to read um, a few verses. Where I'm actually going is verse um, 8. I just want to take it in context from verse 1. Hear this word which the Lord has spoken against you, sons of Israel, against the entire family which he brought up from the land of Egypt. You only have I chosen among all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. He said, do two men walk together unless they have made an appointment? Does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? Does a young lion growl from his den unless he has captured something? Does a bird fall into a trap on the ground when there is no bait in it? Does a trap spring up from the earth when it captures nothing at all? If a trumpet is blown in a city, will not the people tremble? If a calamity occurs in a city, has not the Lord done it? And all of these things he put in a particular perspective in verse 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Now in verse 8 he said, A lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? Now you remember he said in verse 4, he said, does a lion roar in the forest when he has no prey? He said, does a young lion grow from his den unless he has captured something? Now he will say now, something is up in verse 8. The lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? That is the roaring of the lion is the Lord speaking. That is the Lord uttering forth his counsel. And the Lord does not speak his counsel unless he wants to do something. That's what he was trying to explain to us. And whatever God wants to do, he will not do except he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Anytime he wants to do something, he is careful to reveal them to his servants, the prophets. And why does he do that? It is because the heavens are the heavens of the Lord but the earth he has given to the sons of men. And what was their duty? The Lord has spoken, who can but prophesy? That is what God has spoken. We have to give power to it on the earth. That's what he was saying. Now let's bear that in mind. Now we're going to come back to this. Of course, we're adding everything together. Let's just read some other ones. Some we have read several times before. Again, um, let's go to First Kings. Because in James chapter 5, we saw that the effective prayer, the effectual, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And Nazareth Elijah is a man like us. He used Elijah as an example of the righteous man that makes tremendous power available. Do you understand that point? So we're now looking at what happened to Elijah. So let's just read that again, First Kings chapter 18. I will know the story again. After Elijah called fire down from heaven, it was now time to pray for rain to come. Now, we are, we are, let's just read from verse 41. Now, Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the roar of a heavy shower. And like in James there, there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go back seven times. 
It came about that the seventh time that he said, Behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, Go up, say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down, so that the heavy shower does not stop you. In a little while, the sky grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy shower. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he gathered up his loins and outran Ahab, to that same place, to Jezreel. Now, uh, what we have been looking at is the prayer warrior thing. And last time, uh, I explained that, that if you are not one that is addicted to studying and hearing and obeying the word of God, you are not an effective prayer warrior. Prayer is not possible except the word is in your heart. You cannot be an effective prayer warrior except you are an effective word eater. Yes. You must be consuming the word of God, for your prayers to be effective. We said last time, that's why Jesus said that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's when you'll be able to ask for what you will and it will be done. Do you get the point? If these words are not abiding in you, you will not know the, pray, the right prayers to say. You'll be asking God for things he does not want to do. And you'll be neglecting to ask for the things that he needs you to ask for so he can do. Are you getting my point? Like, let me say that again. You know, we can't say these things enough. You cannot persuade God because you think you are stubborn. Your faith is strong. You know, you now persuade him by hunger to listen to what you are saying. He doesn't do that. He will not say that, ah, one whole week, Steve has not eaten. One whole week. We have to answer him. And Gabriel will say, why are we answering him? He can't do how hungry he is. If we don't answer him, he will die. Believe me, the Lord doesn't mind people dying. You can't threaten him with that. If you don't answer me, Lord, I will not live here. So that's your problem. Stay there. Now, we should get that thing clear. Sometimes, you know, we, we grow up with some thoughts that uh, Jacob said, I will not leave you until you bless me. And they will now sit down there and say, I won't leave you until you do what I'm saying. They say, the word that is between blessing me, I'm doing what I'm saying. Are you getting my point? Uh-huh. You can stay there for a long time. That God, listen, God is not moved. By virtue of my natural profession, I've encountered things before. I still remember the pastor who died breaking a fast. It's not a new thing. Literally, he died while he was breaking a fast. What I've told you, not somebody said it happened to somebody that happened to somebody. And somebody that goes, you know, those, those kind of stories, you don't even know where it began from. This one, I was there directly. I was saddled with the responsibility to determine the true cause of death. So what, I'm t- what I've told you is a matter of fact. Because they had not been eating, on another of those rounds, the wall of the stomach was weak. And boom, one segment of it popped open, gave him peritonitis, and he died. And the Lord didn't say, oh, he's a pastor, he's fasting. No, he received him to heaven quickly. Come, come, there's no fasting up here, just come. <laughs> come, come, come. I'm not angry with you, just come. That's a matter of fact. If you can force God to do something that he doesn't want to do, that thing will not bless you. That is a matter of fact. We should know what faith is. We should know what faith is. Faith is not stubborn. It's not stubbornly insisting on my way. That's not what faith is. That's why you can't have faith except you are full of the word. Except you are full of the word, faith will not be in your heart. And except faith is in your heart, you cannot generate hope. And except hope is in the heart, you can't make the right prayers. You cannot be persistent if you don't have hope. Hope is a result of the faith that is inside your heart. 
You don't have hope first and then go and add faith. Hope is expectation that's derived out of the experience with evidence. And the primary evidence is the word of God. So when you've read something in the scriptures, those things create in you expectation. That's what we've been talking about. We said this as, as our example earlier. That is why a man would test the electric bulb a thousand times. A man like J.T. Edson. That's why. And he will continue trying. Why? He knows it works. He was not getting it right. He wasn't being stubborn. He knew. He was not trying. There are other people that have tried and nothing happened. But in the situation, he knew. He knew. Something made him know. That's what we call revelation. He went to his friend and said, lend me three loaves. It's because you know the man has three loaves. And you know when somebody says, lend me money, if you don't want to give him, there are two ways. Either you don't want to give him or you can't give him. Are you getting my point? It's one, either you don't want to or you can't, but both of them is the same thing. What do you say? I don't have. Are you getting my point? It's important. So when you say, lend me three loaves, you know the person has. The person has. If he doesn't have, what are you going to do? Can you get it from somewhere? That is, you need information to be persistent. If you don't have information, you cannot be persistent. I go and meet a superstar came to place. I need 3.5 million. I'll give it before the end of three months' time. And the guy will begin laugh. He will begin laugh. Say, Pastor, no, Allah. 3.5 million, write me a check, take. And I go to the bank. The check will now bounce. Now say, ah. Say, Reverend, why did you give me this check? Okay, let me tell you a real story. Let me not give you an imaginary story. This one really happened. A pastor went to one man, a businessman. Said the Lord said you should give me a certain amount of money, maybe like you see two hundred thousand naira. That one said, "All right." The Lord says so, so he gave me a check for two hundred thousand. <laughs> that one got to the bank. The check bounced like a rubber ball. <laughs> true story. What a true story. And he came back to the businessman. You, the check you gave me didn't fly. Now he said, "Pastor, you said the Lord told you." <laughs> If you had asked me whether I had money, I would have told you I don't have. But since you told me the Lord told you, who am I to disobey God? So I expected, <laughs> I expected that you, God would put the money there before you reach there. You are a man of faith. I mean, why are you coming to, to disturb my soul? <laughs> the Lord is good. All the time. What am I going to say? It is when we have information, we can make demands. God can do anything, but it's not everything he does. Sometimes we come to God as if, I know my God can do anything. God said, me too, I know I can do anything. Does, that mean, does it make, make it right there for you to tell me to exchange the position of Neptune with that of Mars? I could do it. I made everything. Say, Lord, this Pluto that they are not sure is a planet. Let's just uh, arrange it properly so that it will be a proper planet. Move it closer. Put more uh, life, more uh, iron inside it, and more coal. Because I could do that. I have the power to do it. But am I going to do it? Is it part of your work now to be rearranging the planets? Do you get what I'm going to explain? So the fact that you know God can do something is not enough generator of faith. That he wants to do it. That he has it done, promised you already. It's what generates faith. Are you getting my point? And that's what, that's what we want to talk about, prophetic praying. You cannot be, your prayers are not effective except your heart is full of God's word. We said there are two sides to this revelation ahead of prayer. One, there's general information we must have from scriptures. Just constantly, just constantly studying God's word and filling our hearts with it. Now, can I digress for a moment? Not, not too much digress, part of our message anyway. I said it last time, I just want to expand on it a bit. I came to the conclusion, hmm? we don't eat enough. We don't eat enough as people. We don't feed well enough. That's why 
we don't have enough miracles happening in our lives. That's why we don't see the power of God more frequently. That's why spiritual things don't happen, that is, tangible manifestations as often as they should. Listen to me, this is scripture. It's because with the people of God, we don't eat enough. Of course, I'm not talking about bread and gari and nakara. I'm sure you know that. <laughs> I'm talking about the word of God. If we say that everybody come for Bible teaching every day, everybody just expects that it should be for two weeks. Yeah, we just wonder after that, what is going on? If I say, okay, we're going to be having Bible studies every day now, you just naturally expect it to be like, okay, maybe you have a special program for 10 days. But actually, you know what I found out? That's what the Lord expects. Daily. daily. I, I, I don't mean you're in your house. I mean Christians gather together daily. So we can't come to church, gather in your neighborhood. There are different levels of anointings. You understand my point? Yes. There will be somebody who's anointed to teach 10 people. And then when somebody is not there to teach 10 people, 10 people can discuss God's word with themselves. But he expects us to do it all the time. This is why we come to church once in a week. It's not the will of God. And periodically, Christians, we need to do this. Listen, I don't mean to insult anybody. Eh? All these journeys we take to great places where we are one million gathered and we spend most of the time cooking. <laughs> it's true now. We spend a lot of time cooking and they're waiting for somebody to come and be prophesying. That's not what I'm about to talk about. I'm talking about what, you know, Ken Hagen does you talk about camp meetings. What do you mean by camp meetings? Literally, in the morning you pray, in the afternoon you study the word, in the evening you, st- you have a, a, you know, what they call like a, 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 like a meeting, you know, like a plenty of praise, worship, all those kind of things in the evening. And you do that daily for like three weeks. You should do that once in a while. Even if it's one week. Then when we go back home, we continue our daily. You say, how can we do that daily? Don't you go to work daily? Why have you not thought it ridiculous? That your boss wants to come to work daily. Is it, do you, do you, have you ever, has it ever crossed your mind that it's ridiculous? No, you don't think about it. You just go daily. You, you know we don't think about it. We are supposed to settle down. It's good to read your Bible on your own. But I think, and churches, we don't open often enough. What I've told is not a joke. We don't open often enough. Look at a place like this. We open twice a week. Tuesdays and Saturdays. And that's assuming everybody goes to church on Sunday, but I know most of you don't let me talk. Okay, this is your pastor already on Sunday, so we thank God. Uh, somebody's putting up her hand that yes, guilty as charged, and she's not ashamed of the gospel. <laughs> I know most of you, you don't go anywhere on Sunday. But you see, and then we just said that it looks good, and we are one of the few people that actually teach this much, twice a week. Most people play a lot of times, you know. But it's not exactly not enough. A place like this, we should open every day. Even if you can't come every day, someone's be preaching every day. You understand my phone? Come from the regular ones, in between, the one where you fit, come, come. Say, so maybe some of us, then, that's why we need more pastors. Some teach in the morning, some teach in the evening. Shift, thank you. <laughs> Shift duty. Just be teaching the word of God. That is when we soak the earth with the knowledge of God. That is when handkerchiefs taken from the, hand, from the body of Paul will start working miracles recklessly. Not the one that will come. You no, know, think about it. You know what we are behaving like? You know, spiritually, most of us are malnourished. Yes, that's spiritually, we are very, very malnourished. Spiritually, we are malnourished. We, are, we, we don't eat well enough. And it's simple. You know the truth? We don't give enough. Oh, God. I'm being persuaded of it more and more every day. If you see the way Paul and Co. used to do this work. <laughs> now, I was reading my Bible the other day. You see how Paul used to work? Read it. 
It was until Timothy and Silas arrived. <laughs> Once they arrived, they said, you guys be doing the work. Let me continue preaching. He didn't do it for a long time. Can't read the Bible. He did that until Timothy and Silas arrived. <laughs> so they formed the team. He thought Timothy said, so if he's not sewing well, let me know. Meanwhile, I'm preaching. I mean, uh, where are you? Uh, this morning, we're meeting is uh, in uh, Reverend, uh, maybe uh, Brother Aristarchus and Didinus, their neighborhood. And he will teach in the morning, he will teach in the evening. Hmm. You hear the story of people like John Wesley. John Wesley used to preach like 21 times a week when the doctor told him to slow down. That is, slow down is 21 times a week. Oh. So before they say slow down, how, what was he now doing? Did you hear what I said? Doctor said, you are getting old. Reduce it. He now reduced it, I think, 21 times a week. Or is it 14 times a week? No, I'm serious. And he was complaining that laziness is setting in. There's a tendency to stay in bed beyond 5 a.m. now. He's an old man. I think he was like 80 when he was saying this thing. I came to the conclusion recently, we don't, we don't study it enough. Please, so correct your own life say every day. I'm not going anywhere until I've chopped 45 minutes in the morning. Technology was given to help us. Put it over your ears. Listen to something. Bring a book. Read. Take your Bible. Go through a few chapters. I am not doing anybody a favor. Not as if, God, see, I have prayed. Have you ever told your wife, see, I say I have eaten? Usually you eat because you need to eat. And, you know, when you don't eat, like, you know, today my wife was telling me that. I don't know what's happening. You know, since I yesterday, food we ate in the morning. You know, I have not eaten. I said, yeah, ah, yesterday evening, didn't eat yet. No. Why? I was just not feeling hungry. So it was like, ah, are you okay, you know? You know, touch your body, those kind of things. Yeah, Christians will go for a whole week, no studying of scriptures. They don't feel odd. They don't feel odd. That's because we are so malnourished, we are used to suffering, spiritually. At least I have had this personal experience. That time, I, I've told this story many times, I was chopping the world morning, afternoon, and night. Average day, I listened to two messages. Average day. That I didn't count books I read or the Bible I read. When I started working in Lagos, investing at that time, things slowed down a bit. Then one day, I, I just, I started trembling. I told my, I my friend, Femo, come, come, come. Do you have any new tips there? So I said, I'm feeling, I'm on edge. I'm, you know, I was feeling irritable, you know, like, <laughs> my drugs, I need it. <laughs> I need it, I need it. I, do you understand? I was, I was vibrating, I was shaking. So he sat down, he said, okay, he was reading all the tips. That he had these tips, he had this one. He mentioned one, born to, take the, born to taste the grapes. I said, eh, where are they? He said, they're, they're in the house. I said, let's go. Let's go. So I followed him home. I borrowed my cousin's car. I followed him home. He gave me the tapes. The car didn't have a tape player. I put my cassette player inside the car. Put it in as I listened to him. I couldn't wait to get back home. Then I went through one. Went to the second. After the second tape finished, I felt better. Ah, ah, amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ah, we almost died. We did not. I told him my story. When once I was sitting here for some days, I came from work. I woke up in the morning. I found my whole face was full of chicken pox everywhere. You know, man of faith, I was provoked. I didn't get angry. God, after all I've done for you, what have you done for me? So that's why some Christians reason. We have this silly reasoning. You know, you give an offering. God, you know you are owing. You know. We give an offering, you know, God, you are owing. I read my Bible. God, you didn't do me any favor. It's like 
It's like you eat. It's you eat. When you eat, it's for your own good. The word of God is food. I remember very well. What did I just do? I just turned around. I had this pack of tips. Eight tips. Supernatural Living Series by David Oedipo. A message he preached from Sunday to Sunday, you know? A whole set. Sunday to Sunday. So I just went to my pack, picked tip two. I just sat down for like an hour. It was called stirring up the gift. When the hour was over, talents into it, I put my hand on my body and I cursed chicken pox. No faith is not how strong you feel in your heart. So that the thing is there, it's not there. It's not as if I... Watch me. No, nothing like that. I just prayed that prayer. Had a bath. Just went about my business. Just hung around the house the most of the day. Next morning, I woke up. I didn't even remember when I woke up. You just wake up, you know, think I just did like this. So as my hand went over my face, my body remembered that yesterday when your hand went over your face, you felt something. So I just remembered the chicken box. I rushed for the mirror, looked at my face. There was not one, at least my face was smooth like this. Baby zone. Looked like, I'm telling I'm not lying to you, this happened to me. You know why it was like that? Not say, oh, man of faith. No, it is the word that was working. We don't eat enough. We don't eat enough. We, 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 occasionally we binge. You know, you call binging. Just one weekend, we just chop 10 tapes, you know, 10 messages, you know, read 20 chapters. Wow, you know, come back feeling very strong. Most of you can't even digest. Eat a bar, an apple, and okba, and beans, <laughs> and rice like that. How will it help you? <laughs> they can't even settle in your soul. Like I can tell I'm digressing. But we don't eat enough. We don't. No, I'm, I have that confirm. I'm, I'm sure now. We don't. We don't treat the world like it is food. We take it like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a religious uh, burden. Do you understand? We, we don't treat it like necessary food. Necessary food is, you know, for example, if I'm going to preach, you know, there are people say that uh, ah, they like to fast to go and preach. If you are my disciple, you know I don't do things like that. He said, before you go and preach, you go fasting. Like, like, <laughs> I'm not in that school of thought. You can follow John the Baptist, me. I'm, not, I'm following Jesus Christ. I'm not doing anything like that. Because I, have, I, I know the cost. And you preach and preach. Your mouth is dry. Three days later, your mouth is still sore. We'll be wondering, what did I eat? You didn't eat anything. You preached, you preached. Speak continuously for two and a half hours on dry mouth. And weak body, you get home. It's not your wife and your children will be suffering your weakness of soul, you know, weakness of flesh. I realize, even if we are fasting, if I man that pulpit and I get me a drink, put small biscuits inside it, I will stay in one corner. Everybody's fasting. I will chop the biscuit, drink the drink, allow it to enter my body so I can minister effectively. Said, so, yeah, yeah, you should put the flesh under. Where do you think the flesh is? <laughs> If it's up, you can bring it down. Mine is already down. I'm coming to preach for you. It, it costs energy. Stand anyway. Sometimes, Apostle, when you don't, you'll be feeling happy when you're on the platform. Three hours later, when you see that, you're actually like, my leg is actually tired. My legs are actually tired. Ah, I didn't feel it before. So what I'm saying is that, so you see me treating that food as what? Necessary. That's what I'm trying to use to explain. I used to go to the gym. I've not been there in a long time, but you know, I have some other gym equipment here and there. But this is always go to the gym. I used to know, because we go early in the morning. Just drink water and go there and be carrying iron. Sure, sure, sure. No, you will carry it all. No, wahala. When you, know, you get home, you have your bath, you want to go out. 
Say, pick my khakis. I say, you go to pick khakis. <laughs> your hands will be trembling. Oh, khakis. You want to pick your bag. Now, so you ah. You know, no matter when you want to sit, the last one second for sitting down, your thigh must actually drop you gently. That one, you fall. Because if you try to sit the normal way, you find that you are vibrating. After a while, I learned what it was this issue. Is what? Hunger. Yeah. You exercise your muscles hard when you don't have a good supply of glucose. It's not easy. And this lasts for like two days. So I learned it early. So I'm about to go. I look around the house. Even if now two slices of bread, I will eat it. Drink water on it. Give it like 10 minutes. Enter the muscles. Uh-huh. Then we can start. That's what they call what? Necessary food. Yet you see people who want to marry. His husband they are looking for, wife they are looking for. They are not looking for the word. They did not spend two months preparing a shebi. All kinds of a shebi that they are putting together. They can write colors for you. Fuchsia with, uh, fuchsia with, uh, with uh, turquoise. That's for the men. No, for the women, sorry. The men is navy blue with urban blue. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And for the for the above fifty from the groom's family, like somebody said, vegetable green. We talk with uh, you know they mix the whole thing. The one that used to annoy my wife very much, she used to get very angry. People would buy perfume from her, fifteen thousand naira a bottle. Does shall I mention your own prices? No sir. Uh, okay, okay. I won't mention. His, I won't put his price like eighty thousand for one bottle. I won't say it. All right. <laughs> I'm sure when he came in, you smelled him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, you did. It's an anointing. Amen. <laughs> the same people give you a book like, shall I say yes, which contains a marriage and all of that, and not just about for singles. Oh, uh, you tell them it's 600 or 800, and they say, yeah, it's expensive. It's expensive. Sometimes I feel bad I make those things free on the web. Sometimes. I'm not saying I feel bad regularly. For me, I have no problem. I'm not losing anything. I'm not losing. Listen, I'm not losing anything. Say I, they could have been buying and giving you royalties. Forget that side. <laughs> Let's leave that one. You understand? I'm not feeling anything about that. Just like it annoys me that people don't realize they should pay money for what is valuable. You buy perfume bottle that's not going to last you more than a few weeks, a few months at the most. And that's it. Twenty thousand naira is gone. Fifty thousand naira is gone. If you are rich, you take the expensive ones. Fifty, eighty thousand. Even if you are poor, and you buy the one that's two thousand five, or you go and meet the house mala down the road and gives you the the cano type. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever it is, cost you money is a temporary thing. Yet if you if you take what's inside the book and imbibe it to change your life, change your marriage. I found, look, if you are not married and you are married, let me tell you, marriage is not, there's no technique. No, that thing is technicless. Yes, there's no technique. You can just use all the techniques. You, you, you will do everything right. And your wife will just misunderstand it. And it's, an, it's a spirit that, it's called the spirit of misunderstanding. It's a real spirit. It lives in the bathroom. The bathroom. 
You can do everything right as a woman. The, you don't know what's, you know, you don't know what's disturbing somebody. You don't know what's disturbing somebody. So, look, this, I, don't, I, I don't feel, I, I'm not angry with people, maybe they get divorced and all of that. I'm not angry with them anymore. I'm unhappy for them. I'm not angry with them. It's a spiritual issue. Not spirit. So you need to inject spirit. Inject spiritual substance into the home constantly. Can this the way Nigerians who live with their husband and wife here normally? They go to the UK. All, half of your friends who are over 30 in UK, they are divorced. You know that. No, just think about it. Unless we're never married. They are divorced. That's, it's, it, no, you've not noticed. You know, these days of WhatsApp, WhatsApp has been creating chat groups. People that you went to school to, we, we, to, together 20 years ago, you left secondary school 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you now come together as chat groups. When it's a chat group of women, eh? half of them. I'm not talking about all of them, I said the ones that are outside, the ones that are in places like UK, US. I'm going say that it's not them, it's an environmental unction. Which in the U.S., Derek Prince said, started in, that the spirit arrived in Reno, Nevada. The first place in the U.S. where they could get divorced in one hour. So we combat these things with spiritual forces. That's what I'm going to make. It's not with methods. So people tell you, you should buy your wife roses. These are African girls. They don't know anything about roses. I was. They don't know anything about roses. All of them are shaking. No, it's not true. You don't. Go. Can you identify roses? Deceive me, my friend. I'm doing about roses. Roses go. Yeah, it's cold stone. The girls know, man. <laughs> Buy decent perfume, cold stone, latest blouse. What is rose? You think you know roses? Wait, did they tell you the price of those things? Or your woman will pay hundred dollars. Don't worry, hundred dollars for him is as difficult to get as the thirty-five thousand you are calling it in Nigeria. It's very difficult for him to get to. Very hard for him to get. But to him, it makes a lot of meaning. So you go there, $40 bunch, $100 bunch. I'm serious. That's typically what they pay. So when you tell you, you know fly, you don't know fly. If your guy comes and gives you, tells you, pay 30 k for fly, that's why you're always wasting money. <laughs> you will call pastor. Pastor, please talk to my husband. He said, both flowers. What is it? But then we will come next day, they had with that. Hey, 30,000 30, That's why we're not balancing this family. Why? You went and bought an American book. Your life is over. <laughs> well, if you took that 30K, you know some of my points. You go to the mall. You go to your shop. Come out with some smelling waters. Your wife will love you forever. The Lord is good. What I'm trying to say is that there's no method. Some people have gone to learn American method. What they got is Nigerian Wahala. The Lord is good. You know what our women appreciate? Gold. That 35k used to buy a thin necklace. They prefer it to flower. So I leave this one I can wait for the uh, uh, Biola's wedding next week. <laughs> Chinasa's wedding. I think of the gold. Oh, you carry the flower too. I come for a wedding with flower. So are you the bride? <laughs> that is good. What I'm going to say, so there's no method. That's what I'm just trying to emphasize. There's no method. There's no method. There is no method. There's no method. But there is a spirit we can inject. There is a spirit we can inject. And injecting that spirit, somebody will not tell you that it's expensive. The same person that says it's expensive. In fact, that's how you know. The same person telling you it's expensive. Tell him, okay, download it for free. I don't have data. Okay, connect to my hotspot. 
My screen is small. My tab is with the repairer. You know, it cracked last week. They are fixing it. One month later, you are still trying to pass an adult to read a book. And I start listening to counseling. Who said what to whom on what occasion? I told you not to put the toothpaste there. You're always putting the toothpaste there. And the husband said, always. I've only put it there like five times the last one week. <laughs> the explanation on always and toothpaste. Is it only me? You two, don't you put your slippers under the bed. When I say you should put under the bed, but put it on top of the quarrel. When I say they are doing marriage counseling. Please, so, if your husband does not like slippers here, don't put it there. She does not like you carrying toothpaste up and down. Try and arrange it. They will not do seminar in church. How to arrange the bathroom effectively. And you see jobless people now come and gather there. And be listening and taking notes. They don't know that a spirit is driving them up and down. They are fighting spirits with methods. How can you fight spirits with methods? Like the Bible says, you run with men, they tired you out. What will you now do when you are chasing horses? Or horses are pursuing you. People are fighting spiritual problems. They are using human methods. And how do we inject spirits into things? It's true at the entrance of the word. That's why I'm saying it again. We don't, we don't eat well enough. We don't, we don't occupy ourselves enough. We think the word is vitamin. You get it dose once. No, the word is not just vitamin. There's a vitaminous part of the word. But it's basic calorie. It's protein. It's fat. You're supposed to get it on a daily basis. Regularly. Regularly. You know, I won't, don't put up your hand if you're a man. Don't. Men, don't put up your hand, but put up your heart. What I'm about to ask. You know, there are many people they spend in a week. Ask them how many hours they spend watching championships. You know, UEFA, uh, what, uh, what do you call this? Uh, the league. La Liga, Premiership, in a week. Check. Compared to the amount of time they spend studying and imbibing the word of God. Don't put up your hand. I didn't ask you to put up your hand. Inside your heart, check. Compare. If you are not spending four times on the word that you spend on UEFA, Europa, La Liga, you are a sinner. What are you doing? If on a screen you won't watch, settle down, get many messages on, 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 on this thing, and plug them in and stare at the screen. If your life depends on looking at cathode ray tube or LCD or LED screen, just be staring at it. You think God gave us technology for entertainment? I like one thing Kola Iwosho said. He said, whatever entertains you enters you. Did you hear that? Whatever entertains you, enters you. Let the word entertain you. Be comparing different men of God. This one, his voice is not good when you want to sleep. It's like listening to TDJs when you want to sleep. Don't listen to TDJs when you want to sleep. <laughs> listen to TDJs when you are driving. You overspeed. <laughs> I have different moods for different preachers. If your husband overspeeds, give him Billy Akoni. <laughs> when he's traveling, plug Billy Akoni into the music set. The guy won't know when he's doing 45 kilometers an hour. <laughs> and he's going to Lagos. But Brother Billy will tell him that the flesh must die. He won't know when he press the brakes. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Lord is good. That's it. Actually, just by the way, when you are traveling there, if, I, if, you, if you overtake me on the way, and, and you say I'm going very slowly, just now I'm listening to David Paulson or Derek Prince. Because why I concentrate, I didn't, I just, I'm, I'm traveling, I'm coming from Newey, all right? I mean, it's some distance, you should do some speed. But sometimes I find me, myself at 70 kilometers an hour on a good road. Why? People just be passing me, why is everybody passing me? Why are they all rushing to? They're not rushing anywhere. You're the one who don't seem to be going anywhere. Because as the Derek Prince is explaining something, you are, try, and it, you, know, you are trying to concentrate. You won't know when you, took, you take your foot off the pedal and you are doing like this on your speaker. And sometimes you don't get it. You can really rewind. But sometimes when I'm driving there, I actually believe somebody who's not normal. There are times I quickly pack and write something down. Or look at the time. Because I usually plug my phone. And look, he said this in 26 minutes on God's word, your inexhaustible source of supply. I write it down so when I get home, I can go back there 26 minutes. And I enter the road again, continue driving. The journey will be long because the prince is talking. If you're in a hurry, 40 DJs. Hallelujah. <laughs> I say, look, create entertainment. That's what I'm going to explain. It's entertainment we're discussing now. You know, actually, an average man these days, he knows the lineup that, uh, what's the name of that guy that, uh, one very famous coach? Moreno. Hey, Moreno, yes. He knows the lineup he used last time he coached Chelsea. Which I knew quite a while ago. Yes. Where is he now? Mind you, eh? Yes. Is he winning? He's trying. Uh-huh. You say what? He's winning. Hmm? Ah, now wow. <laughs> Once in a while I run into women like this. <laughs> The Lord is good. Now, we spend a lot of time on that, but we don't have enough time. And I said something before, it's called opportunity cost. That's what we are wasting our opportunities on. We don't feed enough. We don't eat enough. We don't. We don't. We think we do. If we come here twice a week, we think I'm a very consistent student of the word. But the truth is that both you, your Pastor Bankio, Kemuteo, all of them, Israel, Felix, twice a week, you guys are not serious. If you were serious, you'd be open every day. Let those who can come, come. Even if it's one hour. It's when we begin to find those things reasonable. That we are ready for the power of God. When we begin to find them reasonable. Most churches do them, you know, beginning of the year, 10 days. And at the end of the day, they are ready for the year. You're not ready for the year. Do that thing for 365 days every year. Yes. Don't you go to work almost every day? Don't you eat all the time? Three times a day, many people. Young people, they eat three times a day. So when they cross the age of 40, they now start slowing down. Now it becomes twice a day. And they don't think anything of it. They don't say, ah, but you eat in the morning now. Uh, this is afternoon. They'll tell you it's 2 o'clock. About the time, 7 o'clock. Ah, but you're eating today now. Yeah, the first one was 8. second one was, this is, and like, it's, it's reasonable. Are you getting my point? You won't tell the person, but you are not rich. You tell you it's food for rich people. Because we understand food is what's necessary. Tell somebody in our church, it's Bible study and prayer every day. They say, ah, waiting. Now you're kill Jesus. You start hearing silly things like that. No, really. We don't eat well enough. And believe me, I want to get into, I mean, I'm praying that God will give me understanding in pushing believers, and myself, of course, into eating well enough. 
We go to church a lot. The one that makes me laugh, churches are, oh God, Christians, we are crazy people. God will heal us in Jesus' name. One day I went to one church to preach. I wanted the name of the church. It was in Lagos. It was when I was in Lagos. I was still a, I was still a resident doctor. Sunday service. They had invited me weeks before, months before, sir. Their youth program. Now I reached church. They said we were marching, procession. We will all go together. I'll come with the ministers and be around nine. They came to pick me up all the way from Idiaraba, and the church was somewhere around Satellite Town. You know, they came to pick me up. Those of you in Lagos, that's quite some distance. We're in church on time, either eight or nine. We filed in. And there I sit down. The girl that took announcements took almost as much time as me. I'm not kidding. They had drama. They had the... Uh, uh, okay, somebody said they had Python dance. <laughs> yes, choreography they had. They had, the, the, of course, mock news. Everything that day, when they would now say it, it was a news, uh, what do you call it, announcement. It was before I preached the girl who took announcement, she, of course, I still remember, one of Pelengel, I returned in front of me, tying her up like 10 times. I tire. I like, are you the preacher? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. That girl was there forever. <laughs> That's not the issue. I mean, this one, by this time, I, didn't, I don't know today, it's already like 11 o'clock. Of course, 11 don't pass the day by now. The nurse said, when the nurse finally called the minister up, the nurse gave me 40 minutes. Was it 30 or 40? No, 40 minutes. I looked them. Now, this kind, they make MFM pray. <laughs> I looked all of them. I looked at them. I didn't know what to tell them. I've been here since morning. For something you informed me about, nothing less than six weeks to eight weeks beforehand. And I've been praying and receiving from God. Then the girl who took announcement took almost as much time as you are now giving me. And you are wondering why there's no revival. Anyway, sorry, nobody does it to me anymore these days. No, no. You try that once, I'm not coming again. And that day you won't even succeed. And I will tell you from the pulpit. I was informed to take 35 minutes. I don't understand why. I'm sorry. I came all the way from Enugu. I cannot speak. Anyway, forget it. I, people don't even do, they don't do that to me anymore. They do. I told the church, they invited me in Lagos. They said 45 minutes on Sunday morning. I said, you are not serious. And this is a church of big men. Powerful people. I will leave, because I had to leave on Saturday. Which meant I will miss my Bible study here. I was supposed to go to Makodi on Sunday. I will miss Makodi and I now come to talk because you are rich. I'm not serious. <laughs> of course, I refused. I told the guy I was not. I'm not answering anybody. Huh? The guy said, okay, okay. They, they have discussed it actually. Actually, they have realized that people like me, they, look, I collected two hours Saturday evening. Then the service, 45 minutes, I joined a hair. I said, this looks more reasonable. <laughs> Send the plane ticket. <laughs> That's when I went to board plane and go. For what? Think I would join in malnutrition? No. Man nourishing the people of God. Listen, Paul will teach every day for two years non-stop. Jesus will teach you for days. Until they can't go anywhere. They are too tired. They have been with him listening three straight days. We'll come and donate for the five minutes on Sunday morning and we say we went to church. Anyway, our church is obvious. We know where we are going. Because you see the height of the hills we wear, we women, when we are going there. We know we are going to play. If you are going to hear the word, you can't wear that, heel, that height. I see the girls walking like, they can't, 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 can't. <laughs> they're, they're just be laughing. They're not serious. They, when, you know, the ones that don't have car, once the worker come up for church, they bring all the slippers from inside the house. You didn't come to hear the word. 
If you came to where they were, that, that shoe is too high. So our churches, we do a lot of socializing. It's Sunday social, you know, Sunday socials. That's what we do. That's why we go to church by 8 in the morning. We leave there by 1. Ask them how long was the word? 45 minutes. The only other thing we did that was reasonable is we praise God. But is it even praise? It's gyration. It's not praise. Louis, 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 hey, Louis, and then <laughs> say that one, I praise. You're not serious. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't Louis when you want to Louis. That's your, but when you want to praise, praise. Don't call your Louis praise, please. Let's know what we're doing. Play, play, play. At the end of the day, the whole Sunday is gone. We now wonder why we are all minority spiritually. That's why we, are not, we don't have any faith. We don't have anything. If, we, if we're really serious, honestly, this Sunday, Louis, no problem. Next Sunday, everybody will start by 8. We will pray. <laughs> you do like Pastor Courage. First, first 30 minutes, everybody is speaking in tongues. No purpose, no reason. Just be speaking in tongues there. After 30 minutes, then you will start the church service. That's what they do. No, if we're, no let's do that. They won't finish that. We'll not spread our understanding. They will not sing real. If we do that, and then, not, and listen, Pastor Corey's church, his own attitude, did I beg you to come to church? He can invite you as a guest minister, and he tell you that, how many hours you tell him that? He say, okay, you can take two hours. Then before he calls you up, he, he has taught 45 minutes. And they take two uh, sessions, or uh, two, uh, two songs in worship, and they give you the microphone, and you tell him, you can take two hours. Then he sit down there. Nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> Nobody's going anywhere. I told you when he started bombing everywhere, he declared 30 days church service. Every evening they were coming to church. 30 days straight. 30 days, 5 o'clock every day they will come to church. Serious. Look, we, we need to. I've been up my mind, I just thought about it. We don't eat well enough. Once we donate one or two hours in a week, we feel right. We feel right. And we should be righteous because the other people that are colleagues in Christianity. They've not even done. They've not done thirty minutes in the last three weeks. So you that do two hours a week, ha! Ah, come on, the country of the blind. In fact, you have seven eyes. The Lord is good. And the point we're making is this, Christians. I think we need to get. We need to get more violent. The kingdom of God suffers violence. We need to take our violence so we can take it by force. We need it. We need it. The word of God is not something we use to fill up space. It's the center of our lives. Are you getting my point? Yes. You shouldn't feel happy if you're in the morning. I mean, it's 9 o'clock. You have not heard from heaven that day. You've been busy chasing customers and chasing deadlines. It's not good. It's not good. Don't wake up at night to be chasing spirits. It's not necessary. Wake up at night and say, look, I want to read this, um, this Ephesians chapter 1, I need to break it down. Last time I was in church, the pastor was saying something that has not entered. You get a Bible that you can relate with. I'm reading King James English. Read a Bible you can relate with. Take a simple Bible that you can relate with. Take an NIV. Good news. Sit down and eat it. Eat it. I like one the Chris Elvin said, just read it first. Just read it. Don't depend on pastors every time having to tell you what is there. You, like I said, Christians, just read Bible stories. Just grab your Bible and read the fact that Moses lifted up the rod and the rest is divided. That is not folk tale. Do you know it really happened? It really happened. Read and imbibe the fact that Elisha got to a house 
and told the woman, by this time next year you will embrace your son. Just read it. And know it happened. It's not folk tale. It really happened. Read the fact that Jesus looked at a little girl and said, Talita, come in. Little girl, I say unto you, arise. Read the story again that one day he got there. He said, remove the stone. And they did. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the man that was bound found himself at the door of the tomb. And I told them, lose that man and let him go. It really happened. It really happened. You know, this morning I was, you know, we're having, teaching my kids in the house this morning. And I was telling my wife later. I said, didn't you know when I started telling my children the story of how I passed one exam in school? Well, I was just telling them that, look, you, 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 you children, you don't think you are too young to pray. It's not daddy that prays, not mommy that prays. And I was not telling them stories. We were discussing the fact that everything we do is for God's glory. It's God's excellence. To the story of the man who was, you know, carving something, and they said they will cover the a, a chapel was being built. Say we'll cover that area with the roof now. Nobody will see it. He said God will see that. Say, listen, we are doing things for the glory of God. We're just talking about it. Then I talked about exam. I said, even when we are passing exams, it's not for our good. It's not for our future. Not for our destiny. It's for the glory of God first of all. Then I started telling stories of how I passed my biochemistry in my second MB university. I saw eyes pop. Are you serious about that? Yes. God actually answered prayers. I give them the narrative, show me how Satan wanted to collect my miracle. And Satan, I said, Satan possesses people. I noticed eyes popping like, wow. So this is that, that I'm trying to emphasize, just say, this, this, these tales, these are not folk tales. These are real things that actually happened. Just read those things. I know that these things are true. I was reading this, this morning about the boy that fell from the window when Paul was teaching. And they said they picked him up dead. And Paul went there, hugged him, and dropped him again. And the boy got up alive. He said, and they were not little comforted. That is, they were so happy. That's why Paul was leaving Ephesus. These things really happen. Just pick it and just read. Don't fill your day with, with shared riot in Abuja, you know, problems with this, and then discourse. I hope nobody here watches Big Brother anything. You know? Things are directly engineered by the devil to lick your face. Let's just read. And look, we don't eat well enough. That's why we struggle so much about everything. Because we think we can just take a, you know, a small dose of the word, 30 minutes, and it's okay. No, we don't feed well enough. No. It's supposed to be a constant thing. God, you know the way I, I was reading my Bible, and I realized that God gave a lot of types. Manna was a type. He fell twice a day. I think it means we should at least study the word and pray two times a day. Yes. If you ask me, I'll say the evening one should be in a gathering. That's just me. I'm just not saying that one. Two times a day. Manna fed in the morning and in the evening. And that manna didn't used to last more than one day. Except for Sabbath days when they couldn't go out to gather. What does that mean? The word you ate yesterday is not for today. It's for yesterday. Ken Hagen told the testimony of the young woman who listened to him for six months. And she was born without feet. Her feet were not properly formed. At the age of 40, she came to him and testified, these are the first pair of shoes I'm wearing. And he was wondering, is it a matter of poverty? He said, no, I didn't have feet. That I listened to the word until the feet grew out by themselves. 
but it took her six months constantly feeding. We don't feed well enough. We don't. We don't. No, no. That is one conclusion I came to, but we must change it. Amen. We must change it. We must Amen. change it. We must change it. We must. No, we must. We must. Faith is not understanding how to pray. I mean, like, the words to use. No. That's not what faith is. Faith is a substance that's built, tangible, spiritual substance, built in the heart by a rapid fire of God's word and consistent firing of the word and being present in the right environment. That's what happened. So that, look, when we did, um, what was it? I don't even know they said. I thought it was total faith or another one. When I, in that message, I think it was total faith. When I explained that when Jesus cursed the tree, it was not, ah, Peter, hold me here. James, hold me. John, stand behind me. I'm about to release it right now. I'm about to. Somebody say hallelujah there. Somebody say amen here. Die by fire. No. You look at the tree. I got there. Anything on this tree, my son of God needs to eat something. Ha. Nothing. With all the leaves on your body. Waka. Let's go. That was all that happened. You know the way you casually just waka a tree? You know the you know, waka a tree? <laughs> you know, just casual talk. Negative talk. You just look at a tree like that. Say, this tree, you are good for nothing. That's the kind of thing he did. He just spoke to it casually. Nobody will eat from your fruit again. Mind the tree. Let's go. And the Bible says, and the disciples heard him. Next day, he wasn't looking at the tree. He wasn't checking what happened to the tree that we spent that amount of spiritual energy on yesterday. They were just walking past. It was Peter that said, ha, ha, John, John, check. What has he said about us in the last one year? Just think about it. <laughs> John said, what do you mean? Was there a time he said, no, go better for you? <laughs> Just imagine John said, no. He said, think hard. John said, why now? Because if you ever said that, we are dead. Why, why all this die, die thing? Come on, John, look. John looked, yeah. Began to think, when, when? That, that, that time Judas removed the money when we were checking who took it. What? Okay. No, he didn't say anything. He just laughed. Okay, the time we didn't bring uh, food. When he said, the live, beware of the living of the Pharisees. He didn't say anything about that. He said, no, no. Jesus said, what are you talking about? I said, Master, you said, check out. <laughs> the tree that you cursed has died. And he said, oh, that's what happens when your heart is full of the faith of God. Yes, that's what I'm making. He wasn't planning to look at the tree. He spoke what would have been casual words. The tree heard it because the father had commanded everybody to pay attention to him. The tree had it from the root, it dried up. That's why I taught that series that time, total faith. To let us know that, do you know what? For these days, God is helping me. There are, things you, there are things we say we love. Jesus would never say them, because if he said them, like this, you are wearing a white shirt. I know we jokingly say, this is your shirt, now black. Jesus, he can't say it. He couldn't say that, because if he did, if you're looking white like this, eh, you continue. You'll be going on the road. One man will just look at you and say, oh God, you'll pull black down your body. 
You like what? I don't know what made me do it. You'll be like, what? Then you go and you wash that shirt, it will never become white again. It will become jet black. You come back next day, Peter will say, ah, John, you have a new shirt. He said, bros, I'm not buying a new shirt. Though. Is that same one that you just said yesterday? So, oh boy, this is your shirt now, black. That's why I say, I'm, why? The amount of spiritual power in his words. You know what he said to the disciples? Have that same kind of faith. Build it up in your heart. How do you build it up? Feel your... Like we just said, now man, I used to fall how many times? Two times. Every day. So use that, use that as a guide. Not, I've read my Bible, no. Feed, eat, eat, eat. I like the reference testimony in the book and the message, God's medicine bottle. He said doctors discharged him that they couldn't help him because of the chronic skin disease he had. Then he found that the Bible says, attend to my words. They are medicine to they are light to those who find them and medicine to all their flesh. So in that case, let me take it like medicine. He used to take it three times a day with food. Anytime he's eating, he will study the scriptures. Anytime he's eating, he will study the scriptures. In two months, he was totally well. That's what I mean when I said, we don't feed enough. We don't. If we did, we'll see more things happening in our lives. We'll struggle less for faith. We'll talk to trees. You know, I've said it before. Be careful how you respond to things. Jesus said to that tree, nobody waits of your fruit again. You should know what that means. He didn't say nobody will look at your root again. What did he say? Nobody will eat of your fruit. And that thing died from where? The roots. That's why sometimes you have a headache. You said to the headache, you will not disturb me again. That's a fruit. What you did not know is that the root was brain cancer. You know, by saying to the headache, you won't disturb me again. You know what you have done? You've killed cancer and you never knew you had it. Somebody will just say that, ah, I'm having this headache. Ah, I used to have this kind of headache like uh, two years ago. It troubled me so much. One day I just got angry. Because sometimes it gets to a point of anger before we release our faith. Yeah, I'm going to read the story of uh, Paul. It was when that girl annoyed him. The girl had been going around misbehaving every day. When they come, ah, these men are servants of God. Paul just looked. Then one day he was preaching. Was about to release one revelation. <laughs> then the girl just shouted, "This had even oh, Paul said that that girl again oh." Suddenly, in anger, turned to the hand, instantly saw the spirit. Say, "You get out of there." It happens like that. You look and say, "Kai, one day I was about to go out that day. I had an important engagement. The headache just started. That's when I turned and told the headache, "You will not disturb me again in the name of Jesus." That was, you, you just said headache. But that fellow you are telling now, say, I plan to see the doctor tomorrow. And I tell you, oh, sorry, he has a meningioma. He has a gemistocytic astrocytoma. You know, doctors have these names that prove to you that they went to school. <laughs> That's all they do, just prove to you that, I mean, I mean, if he doesn't see it, why will you pay? Are you getting my point? <laughs> do you follow my point? No, really. But we don't, it's not like, eh, okay, I'll just cause the headache. No. It's when the faith of God is in the heart. That is when we have that spiritual power and it comes naturally and automatically. I think I should end my message today, 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 today there. But what, what have I just left with us? Let's do that two times a day thing. I don't mean just read my, I have my quiet time. No, it's food time. Tell yourself, you know, one of my sons used to be very, you know, hard body and handsome guy. They suddenly became very tall and thin. Then it look, oh boy, you are so thin. He will look at his hand and see if that's how to assess whether you are fat or thin. 
So every day I ask him, have you eaten? Say, I've eaten. This morning I was in the kitchen. I looked at him, still looking as thin as ever. Have you eaten? He said, yes. What did you eat? Bread. How many slices? He said, two. I said, that's why you are thin. That's why you are thin. <laughs> Good enough. The bag was there. Dip my hand and said, yeah, take, start eating. <laughs> so the boy was carrying his school bag and eating bread. <laughs> I gave him bread. I said, my friend, how can you eat two dice of bread? Come on, take more bread. Cool, looking so thin. I wish the God could show us our spiritual size. That's what I'm saying. We need to eat some more. Just get angry. Like that book, the one we've been talking about, Guided by the Spirit. It's not okay. Pastor Frank said, no. One, week, one Saturday, say today, I'm not going anywhere. Once in a while I do that, I'm not a coffee person. But there are times I just go downstairs and drink coffee. You, nobody knows I'm drinking coffee. No. But I want to sit down. I don't want to doze. The interesting part, the earliest record of coffee use, all right, is from somewhere in North Africa. Some mystics. You know what they used to use it for? Meditation. When they want to meditate, so after they've done it the whole day, now they brew coffee there, sit down and start meditating. When they doze, they drink some more. That's what they use it for. I'm not advocating that you become a coffee addict, it's a bad thing, but I'm just saying that there are times you actually go and get coffee. Say this one, this guided by the Spirit, by the time I'm done, I will know what God wants me to do. I will know the will of God for my life. Now sit down that Saturday and start. And go through line by line. You know, I, I like one of my brothers, when he's, when he's reading Bible, when he's in his Bible, when he's in school. So I used to read the Bible. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro the whole earth that he might show himself strong. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you. On behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards him. Hallelujah. The eyes of the Lord show himself strong. <laughs> we we'll be laughing. I'm serious. The guy will sit down there for the next one hour. No, God is my heart. I have not exaggerated one bit. What I've told you. I've not added one line to it. That's how I used to do it. <laughs> so the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He The Lord is my shepherd. He didn't leave my kind of room when I was in school. I had to be a preacher. I had to be a preacher. You go and go to that room and not collect something. One day came to see me. This was after we left school. I was staying in my place so by a day or two. So I had, my cousin came to see me. <laughs> the guy said, do you have a dog? <laughs> my cousin said, do you have a dog? I said, no. He said, are you sure? <laughs> I said, my friend is praying. <laughs> so, we were in the city room, because where I was, there was a house officer. It was a big flat, very big flat. So, I had three rooms. I was using one room. So, that guy is in another room. So, we are in the city room. So, we are talking. After a while, I said, ah, 
No, that is not prayer. That's something that's a dog is barking. I said, I said, well, don't worry. This is my friend. He's praying. <laughs> because he had never heard anything like that before. You know, he had never heard it. And he wants to pray. First thing he looks for is a pillow. Yes. I don't know why he does that. He will kneel down, grab the pillow, wrap his hand around it on his stomach like this, and start. Okay. That's what my friend, my cousin, was hearing outside. He said, Do you have a dog? <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. I'm telling you, I think you should do that. Carry a book like that. You read. read I'm telling you, by the time you're done, you'll be under visions and revelations. Also, I think we should go home. I'll get to my message next time. But the point I've just made today is, look, brethren, let's get back to it. Let's feed on the word of God. Without it, we are not effective in praying. We are not. We are pretending. Without it, we are not effective in praying. It's only when the word has filled our hearts that we are effective in praying. Let me just remind us of something I said last time, just so I can close with that, so that we just connect what we're saying. God gives us revelation. We're talking about prophetic praying. So there's there's one, there's this general understanding of the word of God we need to have, and there are specific revelations that the Lord will give to make our prayers even more focused when we need to have such. We said there are three reasons why he does that. One, he gives us revelation of what he wants to do. He gives us understanding of what he wants to do so that we can pray, so that we can bring those things to birth through our prayer. That's number one. Number two, he says, going by the natural order of things without special divine intervention. The way things are right now, this is the negative thing that's going to occur. I need you to pray against that. So if I remember, I used to use that expression. We say, going by the natural order of things without divine intervention. So sometimes God will reveal it to you. So those are the times you hear testimonies that I dreamt about this and I prayed. I prayed that this was going to happen. And I dreamt that someone's going to have this kind of trouble and die as a result. But the Lord, you know, I woke up and I prayed. The trouble happened, but the person survived. Are you getting my point? Then you will know such things, you know. You have interrupted a judgment, which an adversary was trying to get against somebody. So what, that's what God does. That's what we call intercession. You are literally turning the hand of judgment away. Do you understand? You are turning the hand of judgment away. That's why John told us, if you see a brother committing a sin that's not unto death, you can pray for the person and God will forgive. You understand? You, bring, you will end life for him. That's the second reason. And then the third reason we said why God gives revelation, why God gives us um, um, a knowledge of what's going to come is so that we can prepare for it. Sometimes we can't change it. We can't change things. There are times like that. They say, it will tell you a destruction is determined, overflowing with righteousness. You can't change it. The Jerusalem will be you know, overtaken. You can't change that. There's nothing you can do about it, but you can get ready. Watch out. These are the signs. When you begin to see the armies surround Jerusalem, know that that time has come. Just bear it in mind, the time has come. So, if you're on the house, if you're on the rooftop, get out. Don't even go back to the house to go and get anything. Then, remember, you can pray that your flight will not be during the winter on a Sabbath day. It gives those, those kind of things, but you can't really change the main thing that he's doing. You can't change the main thing that he's doing. Those are the three different scenarios. So, when would the Holy Spirit reveal these things to us? I said at the beginning, I don't know. I, I need us to know that such things happen so that we can get ready. You understand? One of the ways you provoke spiritual manifestations is just by the knowledge of them. And that's one of the, if you're a preacher, you bear that in mind. It's not everything you force people to, you know, you can't force them to happen, but just get people's hearts prepared for them. 
Teach them about things. Don't condemn things you don't understand. Go and study. When you understand things, teach that this is how the Spirit manifests itself. People will prophesy. They will be speaking in tongues. They will be, uh, what they call it, interpretation of tongues. There will be the spirit of faith, that is, the faith by the Spirit. There's a word of knowledge. There's a word of wisdom. There's descending of spirits. There's working of miracles. You understand? There's gifts of healings. People just know about them. Once you know about it, you're activating faith. Are you getting my point? You're activating faith. Then the word can come into their lives and produce things. Do you understand? I was reading today. I just was studying my Bible. I was just noticing again how God prepared um, Peter to be able to take the gospel to the Gentiles, starting with Cornelius. You understand? It was by visions. It was by revelation. So Paul will tell you that let's now come to visions and revelations. And I want Christians to come to visions and revelations. Let's not, let's not allow the people that do a lot of negative things take the truth away from us. No, no. What we do is that we fill our hearts. We're back to it again. With the truth of God. Do you understand? We fill our hearts with the truth of God. We fill our hearts. Because without that, we can, we can we'll be confused. You understand? People will sometimes will come and you know, they tell you the kind of dreams they have. They say, what does it mean? I tell, you, I tell you, it doesn't have any meaning. I dreamt that my mother gave me egg to eat. You heard that before? I dreamt that my mother gave me an egg to eat. What does it mean? I tell you, it doesn't have any meaning. It means you watch too many home movies. Sorry, you, you watch too many home movies. Are you getting my point? Yes, there are some, I just have like, look, please go and read my book, by the Spirit. I explained it. Just by filling your heart with truth, it's not every revelation that will confuse you. Satan comes to confuse people. I like the story of the Prince I've told many times. It was casting out the familiar spirit from a lady. And the lady had a vision. I, I see you in a tree, in, in a car, wrecked around the tree. I said, that's the plan of the devil. I don't walk in the plan of the devil. No prayers, nothing. The devil can't do anything to me. Leave that matter. Like they say, forget that side. Forget that side. It did not become a matter of, I ah, pray, all my enemies that don't want me to prosper, die by fire. No need. Why? Because the heart is full of God's word. When the heart is full of God's word, it's easy to get real visions and revelations when they will come. And I've explained they come for just three reasons. One, God says, this is what I want to do. Pray it into existence. Today, what I wanted to do before today, but, but our time is really, really gone now. I want to show us two things. What God wants to do in our nation and what God wants to do in our individual lives. When you hear them, we don't just say, oh, now we're going to relax. No, we've heard the sound of abundance of rain. You know, we have seen some that God wants to do, they will now begin to pray it into existence. We have hope now. For example, I am convinced the, what, what the Hebrew, Hebrew calls shalom is coming abundantly upon this nation. Amen. There are two sides to it. There's peace and there's prosperity. Both of them will come. Amen. Both. Both of them. So, you see, you focus on that. You don't focus on the riots in Abuja. You focus on that. You don't focus on the headsmen attack in Nasarawa. You focus on that, you don't focus on all the troubles here and there. Every time you see a little, a small hand, a cloud the size of a hand, you rejoice, you magnify it. Today we're telling me something about the police. and said that, no, the IG is bent on eradicating some things. It was exciting to hear. This is the kind of thing you hear me talk about. I, will now, I won't spend my energy now focused on the negative things. I focus on the positive. When I hear that, oh, transmission... The capacity in Nigeria was doubled earlier in the year. We focus on it, not on negative things. Because I'm certain there is abundance of rain coming. Amen. There's abundance of prosperity coming. Amen. Certainly, certainly. The whole of Africa, 
We will spend ninety percent of the money to evangelize and teach, not just evangelize. I'm tired of this, just evangelize, evangelize. To teach, to disciple, that's what we need. You know, disciple the whole of Africa, not just go there, preach two sermons and get out. No. We tell men, sit down here, in the center of Kigali, sit down here, in the center of Bujumbura, sit down here, go to Lesotho, go to this place, and teach the word daily for two years. In the morning teach men to pray. In the morning, give them teachings of the kingdom of God. In the evening, sorry. In between, prepare your Bibles, Bible studies. Visit a few people. Visit the sick. Lay hands on them. Sometimes people are looking for, when would I be like Rehon Bonki? Leave it. I found that now we don't need to be like Rehon Bonki. When we need the anointing of Rehon Bonki to come on us by itself. What we just need to do every day, just sit down there and be teaching the word. Teach them about sin. Teach them about righteousness. Teach them about the judgment to come. Three important things. Sin. Righteousness, judgment to come, and of course the deliverance that's in Christ Jesus. So you are doing a series of it. And listen, repeat yourself all the time. Yes, you no know, one I started in ministry, I used to think that uh, you have to pray. Uh, Ken Hagen will say the same thing, tell the same stories to illustrate the same point, and do it ten consecutive meetings. If you say you've heard it before, it's your problem. Not his own. <laughs> well, plant men there, they will do that. And then, this is where I was going. Tell the man, don't worry about it. Every month we pay you a standard salary from here. We wire you correct, standardized salary that you'll be at least a middle level civil servant level in that country and beyond. We'll send you a car. We'll pay your fuel so that you have no other. No, no excuse. Just be teaching the word. That's why he's bringing prosperity. Christians have a lot of bad habits. Once it makes more money, now every holiday they've gone abroad. Nonsense. Listen, let me give you something. When God blesses you, eh, you must not flinch. Is that flinch English? Is it English eh, for Niger? It's Niger, eh? Nigish. It's Nigeria English. <laughs> you must not use more money. No. The money you used to flinch must not even come close to the money that you used to sponsor the gospel. Once God has taken you beyond the eating and drinking level, you know what they call eating and drinking? Yes. You don't buy food, you don't pay basic children's school fees, all this goods going to expensive school, it must not be first. It must come after you have spent ten times that amount of money sponsoring the gospel. You must not buy a phone that is costlier than your offering. Yes, I'm serious. Ask yourself, what did I, in the last one year, what was my offering? My phone must not be more than 5%. <laughs> Look for a percentage. Put yourself in check in life. That's how you won't be spending you spend until you become a prodigal son. Prodigality is a spirit hanging around you looking for who to wreck. I'm telling I know what I'm telling you. This prodigal spirit, you know where you find it? Two places. On TV, you know, media, there's TV, magazines everywhere, and amongst your friends. Galaxy S9. They'll flip it with to you like this. Show you that girl shaking her head. You remember that advert? How you can do slow motion. And your mind is like, ah, slow motion. Oh, slow motion. Next, you now go say, you now go and collect the phone. Because there's no problem, that phone is good. If I give them the technology to bless some people and tempt some people. But you, what's your offering in the last one year? You check it. You have not even given one million. Anybody that has not given one million as offering must never use an S9 in Jesus' name. Say amen, amen of God. <laughs> Last one year, your offering is not up to one million naira, and you are buying a phone of four hundred thousand. You should know you're a sinner. It's people like you that go to hell. <laughs> Rubbish. 
carry your wife, your children, and go abroad for holiday, and you have never written a one million check to give to the gospel. You are a sinner. You are, you are working in iniquity. You are worse than those who steal one billion and keep it in a koi flat. You, are, you buy tickets to go and look at Arabian country. And your gospel, you, no, no, no preaching engagement has seen that amount of check from you. You won't go to hello, but they will pass you through the front gate so that you'll be a bit <laughs> smoke. Nonsense. See the rubbish that Christians do. Now be, they'll now be tweeting you picture from afar. Nonsense. <laughs> we will not let that thing continue. You know, me, I'm not a money raiser, but I demand that Christians should be disciplined. There are things you should not do. That's called the prodigal spirit. Your assignment in life is not to make Apple rich. They are rich enough. I hope you are getting my point. Let me give you how to kill your conscience. I mean, to soothe your conscience, you won't be disturbing you. Before you buy something expensive, multiply the money by two. That is, that's not basic necessity, like children's school fees. We just want to flex. Say, ah, I like that suit that I saw Pastor Kimuti wear last time. Praise God. You check the cost of the suit. You check your salary. You can buy the suit. We know what you do. Just multiply the cost by two and go to one church. Drop small in the offering basket. Go to one charity home. Drop another one. When you have given out like four times that amount, then see me. I'll help you talk to God. We'll approve the expenditure on suits. If you do what I've said, hmm? You will never be prodigal. Your life will never be prodigal. Why am I saying so? God will bring prosperity. Somebody say amen. amen. But those preachers who are going to plant all over the places that will be preaching the truth and not be tempted to abandon the work and be like demons and go to Thessalonica. We will not use their money to buy suits and buy phone. That's what I'm just trying to say. We will refuse the prodigal spirit from entering our soul. Next time a preacher comes and tells that you will give a millionaire and tomorrow your life won't be the same. Say, Pastor, no need. Here, we don't do things like that. If we have one million, we will give. We don't need to be, we don't need to be pricked with, with anything. We don't need it. We are just people of God. What I want to emphasize, God will bring prosperity. Amen. But let us know, it's not for, let's speak our Nigerian English again, it's not for flinging. It's not for just Chopping life is to advance the kingdom of God. This afternoon, I sat in my house and I shook my head. I said, how will it be if we were all believers who obey the truth? We love our neighbors as ourselves. We don't lie to one another. We are diligent. I just thought about it today. I was thinking, you know what I thought to myself? I said, Banky, that is what is called heaven. And it's our duty to bring as much heaven down to the earth through the advancement of the gospel. I was going to preach on that. Maybe next time we'll talk about it. So God is going to bring peace. He's going to bring prosperity. He's bringing it to this nation. And he's always also bringing it into our individual lives. Everybody listening to this, once we are hearing this, listen to this is the word of God for you. Every sickness in your body is healed. Every confession is removed. And prosperity will come to it. Into your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's rise to our feet to give the Lord thanks. Let's go home. Let's just give the Lord thanks once again. Let's thank him for deliverance. Thank him for has delivered us. He has set us free.
Let's thank him for deliverance. Say, Lord, I thank you because you have delivered me and you have set me free. Let's thank him. Say, Lord, I thank you because you have delivered me and you have set me free.